0: Thank you for listening to this lunchtime talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. In this live recording, the Art Gallery's curator of European and Australian decorative arts, Rebecca Evans, speaks with artist Lauren Simeoni about her work in the display to have and to hold the Dowda collection of contemporary jewellery. My name is Rebecca Evans and I am the Gallery's Curator of Decorative Arts. Um, but this talk is going to be uh, a sort of a collaboration with the wonderful Lauren Simeoni. Um, but I just thought I would start by acknowledging the traditional owners. In fact, we've just exited NAIDOC week. Um, and uh, wonderful, um, extraordinary Ghana um, people, the traditional owners of the land. And I would like to acknowledge their elders past, present and future and acknowledge their uh, relationship with the land and their ongoing relationship with this country. Um, But we are currently in the studio and you can see behind me that we have a number of uh, kids who are doing activity. Of course, it's school holidays. I know a lot of you will have kids, a lot of you will have grandchildren, and have taken um, advantage of this wonderful facility um, over the years. Um, but of course, I'd like to introduce Lauren Simeoni. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. So Lauren of course is not just an artist or a contemporary jeweller but in fact she's also a colleague and a friend and a colleague in a number of different institutions. Of course she works in our front of house team and occasionally in public programs yes and I thought I'd just be really cheeky at this point and say Huge thanks to the incredible um, front of house team. I'm sure for those who've been in the gallery who are regulars will know how incredibly busy the gallery is at the moment. We've had, you know, over 1,500 to 2,000 people each day. We had 2,000 on Sunday. It has been absolutely extraordinary. And it's these wonderful people who've been taking care of your umbrellas, (laughs) who've been taking care of... (laughs) where you're going and your tickets and have been looking after everyone and so from the rest of us at the gallery we are extremely grateful to that team um, so thank you for that um, but we're here <laughs> to talk about Lauren's work which is the studio um, uh, sunny Side Up which is of course yellow and it's the perfect color for a day like today Um, you know we've got the clouds and the rain and we have this bright beautiful yellow inside the studio and for me it conjures up images of gene kelly and singing in the rain and splashing (laughs) through the puddles in his raincoat Um, so it's really the perfect color to do the studio um, for the middle of winter do you want to say anything, Lauren? Right on. No, I don't know. We do have a brolly as well in, in, in the studio. So,
1: Lisa Slade um, commissioned me to kit out the studio on the one proviso that it was completely yellow, which is, I work monochromatically, but not a lot with yellow, so it was a bit of a tricky one, but. With a little bit of pink and orange, I rose to the challenge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, of course, the studio and Lauren's work here links in beautifully with the closing weeks of Colours of Impressionism. Um, for those who I hope you've all been through Colours of Impressionism, it's a wonderful exhibition. We have actual international world-class show from Musée d'Orsay which looks at the the Impressionist art movement through the development of colour. And of course, one of those key reasons why many of these artists uh, started experimenting in colour were all the wonderful different synthetic dyes that evolved in uh, the later part of the 19th century. And I think I won't bore you again with my little talk around fashion and synthetic dyes, but all these wonderful new colours came out, and some of them were very successful. Some of them were uh, not so successful. We know, for example, that... Some yellows turn quite brown, and some of the synthetic yellows turn kind of like darker as as the paintings aged. Um, and then sometimes some of the artists would go back to the naturally occurring colors. Um, but we wanted to link it both with uh, colours of Impressionism, and also the Dowder exhibition, uh, to have and to hold, which is an exhibition of contemporary jewellery, which is in Gallery Eight, which is pretty much upstairs, which will open on Saturday. And of course, Lauren is a contemporary jeweller for she is a, a public programs front of house extraordinaire <laughs> um, and her work is also represented in that collection and it's currently on display and will be from Saturday. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I could talk about the boldness of yellow and talk about colours and synthetic dyes all day but... Um, not about me today, it's all about Lauren and her practice. Um, but you uh, briefly spoke about colour, um, yellow not being a colour you would normally choose. So, I thought I'd ask you how you went around this kind of extravaganza
1: behind me. Well, um, <laughs> get on with it. You get a moment to think about it and freak out and then you go, right. So, <laughs> um, as I say, said, I like to work monochromatically and one thing I really like to do in my practice is use um, uh, recycled materials wherever I can. And so because I had such little time to make it, I put a big call out on social media and throughout my, the gallery and I also work at the Migration Museum um, for donations in yellow. So then with the donations, which came a bit later in the piece, so it was really frenetic, I worked, the objects told me what I should make, if that makes sense. So I didn't have incredibly clear ideas. All I knew is I wanted the ceiling to be very drippy with yellow, hence the sunny side up. And I was also thinking about influences when I was um, in high school of the Yellow House in Sydney and the frenetic, chaotic collages of up and cupping artists like. Um, Clipple and Martin Sharp and even Whiteley. And I was sort of thinking I want the kids to be just involved so I'll get them started and then they can add to it. So I wanted, you know, hopefully this will become more drippy and the mountain will become more solid and the walls will grow. And it was lovely. When I was, everybody has been exceptionally helpful at the gallery and one of the painters when I was saying I want every surface yellow and they were rolling their eyes because it's quite a full-on job one of them said, right, so you want it like a sunshine cave. And I'm like, yeah, I want a sunshine cave. So that kind of stuck in my head too. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that
0: you work in one colour at a time. And I think there's something, I mean, there's a lot of stuff behind us, a lot of things that have been donated, that have been bought, um, that have been uh, probably rummaged from everywhere, from the, the side of the street to op shops. And I know we have a lot of stuff in our lives. We, have, we, we consume too much stuff. and every time I move, it's horrendous. But there's something quite, I don't know, calming around having one colour or working solely, you know, in one tone for a period of time. You know, there's a sense of, order where there is
1: yeah i didn't find yellow calming but i i found it i wouldn't say stressful but it was very um invigorating (laughs) yeah uh, maybe because i drank a lot of coffee and worked late at night but um yeah not calming but i have had a lot of people say it's made me hungry it's a stimulative um color for appetite so is anyone feeling hungry? Well, there, there are a lot
0: of strange old wives' tales associated with, with yellow, and we were talking about this before. Um, one of my favourites is that apparently couples argue more in a yellow kitchen, or what was the other one
1: about? Um, babies cry more in a yellow room.
0: It's not true. All of this Look has been proven to be yeah. not true. So yeah. if you have a yellow kitchen, don't think your you know, your marriage is, you know, <laughs> not gonna work out. But there are a lot of sort of old wives' tales. We know that, you know, the you know, the yellow buses for school children in the United States, they are simultaneously kind of a, a sense of warning and danger, but you know, very much associated with children and childhood as well. Um, and not the colours not tend to be marketed to to adults, for example, and especially not men, which I thought was really interesting. It's oh, very is that right? very Unless you work at
1: IKEA. <laughs> Unless you're a yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is. It's a, it's a colour of safety. You know, you think of Joan Ross, the um, Sydney-based artist who, who did all her, her kind of hyper-colours on colonial paintings. You know, she often talks about um, in the post-911 you know, uh, era, suddenly hyper-colours popped up everywhere. This great sense of uh, safety is needed in our lives because our sense of security and our, our, yeah, our personal safety has changed, which is really interesting. I suppose I should give you a a question. (laughs) Um, I wanted to delve a little bit into sort of the, the idea of contemporary jewellery. I think that we all wear jewellery. I'm sure we all do. A lot of those pieces will either be inherited or they'll be associated with either, I don't know, your relationship status or maybe your relationship with your children Um, you know jewelry is a a key marker of key events in our lives Um, but it's often associated with more traditional materials So we often see gold and silver and semi and precious stones used Um, but uh, a lot of your work which we have a few examples up on the wall behind us and also the work upstairs in Dowders doesn't actually use a lot of precious materials but I wanted you just to talk about your original training because you trained in a very uh, sort of traditional environment and you wouldn't have gone to university and learned how to put, I don't know, pom-poms on umbrellas. No, my <laughs> lecturers
1: are probably turning in their graves. Probably
0: <laughs> so could I'm you, so sorry. Could yeah. you talk a little bit about that um, traditional training in metalwork?
1: Um, I was fortunate to go to Canberra School of Art, which is probably one of the last bastions for craft making in australia but um so i did four years of traditional training um but in the later in the second year you were encouraged to go your direction and so you would design things and you would learn traditional techniques of how to make them so i didn't even know that you could buy tubes of metal when i went to canberra school of art which doesn't make probably such a big deal but you know you can go to a shop now and buy anything but we'd have to make everything from scratch but I think they knew fairly early on that I wasn't really going to fit the mold of um, traditional making (laughs) and they did suggest that I should probably go to Adelaide and go to the jam factory
0: yeah which was that (laughs) making the assumption that
1: (laughs) your type of jeweler goes to the jam factory well I think they (laughs) thought that there was other options Uh, you know I think that they were very proud of me but I think um Yeah, that I wasn't going to sit and hammer a teapot for three months, but I could probably punch out a few dozen plastic earrings in a short amount of time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Could you talk about sort of where the origins... I always talk about your work as being like this fake foliage, a kind of a a, a synthetic gardener of many ways in the way that you create your jewellery. Could you talk about the origins of that in your practice? Sure.
1: So, about ten years ago, I... I was at a conference and helping out in a conference in Adelaide for the JMGA, which is a national contemporary jewellery conference. And I caught up with a bestie from Sydney, Mel Young, and we just were talking about how we're a bit stuck in our practice and we need to shake it up and we were making what we thought that shops wanted for production work or galleries And we were at a point in our career that we just needed a bit of stimulation but we didn't want to go back to school. So we set ourselves a challenge that she was in Sydney, I was in Adelaide and it was just a private little collaboration that we would make work together only using one material and we chose only to use unnatural plants, so artificial foliage. So... We didn't have to have a long discussion about it. We would send each other like a fake lettuce leaf in the mail or a, a bunch of grapes or... and we had to make only from that. And we then we also developed a sketchbook and they're probably... Well, I've got about six of them now. One of the precious, most precious things I own is this collaboration between... We spent so much on Express Post and it was fantastic. Anyway, so we were making and making and making and... Friends in Sydney who had a gallery called Metalab at the time... ...were looking what Mel was doing and just an excellent Italian woman... ...just said, enough's enough, put together an exhibition for us. And um, Debbie Pryor helped curate it at the time and... Hey, hey. (laughs) And um, yeah, so we had a short amount of time to make for a show... ...and we ended up having like 135 pieces... I mean, most of them are dreadful, but we <laughs> raked them out and thinned it out. And from that, it really was a rolling train. We called it the Unnatural Natural Project. And we've exhibited, I think, in 15 cities over eight years. And, yeah, no, it's been great. And wherever we go, we give workshops and do our thing. And it influences our own practices individually. But we recognise that we came up with it together and... Still got a few more things in the works, so it was, yeah, it was good. So both an ongoing collaboration and an ongoing project.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah. fantastic. So you might see some more unnatural, natural yeah. collaborations in the future. I yeah. would certainly like to. Um, I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about studios because studios fascinate me. One of the great delights of a curator is going on a studio visit. We get to leave the phone for a little bit in our emails and just indulge ourselves in, in the lives of an artist, um, in the life of an artist. And one of my favourite studios or, or benches would have to be Lauren's. And I'll just kind of set the picture. For you, we are we're in the West End, the Wild West of Adelaide, and it's an old church. And in that church are a number of different artists and craftspeople working. Um, some of those are in glass, some of those are, are graphic designers, um, and then there's Lauren in the middle. And Lauren's studio is kind of like it's almost like a showcase in itself. It's
1: almost I would say rat's nest. A rat's but nest. It's is like so a
0: <laughs> you know it just just to give you an idea, uh, the artist that when the studio is called Gate Eight um, in Thurston. And this, uh, many of the artists who work there have a very broad range of uh, sort of disciplines, working in different sort of aesthetics. And I'm always amazed by, you know, we have got the wonderful Jessica Lachlan, whose work was um, the winner of the um, glass prize, the Fuse Glass Prize at Jam Factory. And she has this incredibly refined uh, aesthetic um, that she executes through glass. I think she's absolutely exquisite in her work. And right next to her um, sort of her bench and her workspace (coughs) is Lauren's glass studio. And through it, you can just see all these hyper colours of plastic foliage. And I just love that kind of, I guess, the way that craftspeople work shoulder to shoulder, their benches next to each other in vastly different disciplines and and, and kind of aesthetics. And I remember Jess... um, was telling me how the last couple of months every package that arrived at the gate eight studio has been yellow this or yellow that and there's just been piles and piles and piles of yellow (laughs) (laughs) um but if you could just describe your your workspace and what you know what you have on 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 your bench oh
1: I'd love to have a minimal workspace you know like drill over a you know, Berlin loft space and big windows and, you know, lots of space. But um, I have a jewellery bench that I inherited from a beautiful jeweller a number of years ago and I have some beautiful tools that haven't been touched in probably six years and then I have a series of workbenches that are just covered in found objects or donated. I'm very lucky that I've got such an excellent community that... I don't even have to source many materials these days. I just turn up in the studio and there's a bucket of f- found stuff. Like I was at a garage sale, thought you might want this. They don't even tell me who it's from, you know, like good. <laughs> and so I get all sorts of deliveries and I have to look at them for a while and then I categorise them and then I put them in boxes. So if I need to be in the studio and I never know what to do, I'll flower plants (laughs) so i'll take away the stamens and the petals and the leaves and i categorize them in boxes and then i put them away but i'm not very tidy anymore and so there's just stuff everywhere and i'm a bit of a whinger and gate eight is quite freezing so deb jones and christine Coella built me a pod so i've got a little glass box to sit in and it's like my little greenhouse and yeah But, you know, the rest of the studio, everyone's got, you know, very schmick aesthetic and then there's my... (laughs) Love like it. the I nutso aunt who lives out the back.
0: <laughs> no, it's like a highlighter in the middle. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, of course, collaboration is a, a wonderful part that, you know, you expressed, you know, your collaboration with Melanie um, Melinda Young and, and uh, a lot of the opportunities that arise from collaboration. Um, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about your recent work that you took to China, which is the end of last year? Yeah. October I last year? I meant to bring
1: a catalogue. I forgot. Um... So I was very lucky to have a solo show in Shanghai and I made, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 pieces for the exhibition and it was all exhibited on a wall and it was done monochromatically through different colours graduating with each other, which is sort of my thing. Um, But I also was fortunate enough to get a Guildhouse um, mentorship grant where I worked with the fabulous Simone Tippett, who's actually just working in the Radford Auditorium now. Um, And I wanted to, I've been wanting to exhibit my work differently, and I like the idea of my work casting shadows that can then become prints, So I've been making lots of two-dimensional pieces where there's a print with my work on top of it, slightly offset. But then I thought, oh, what would happen if it was on clothing? Because jewellery isn't actually meant for the wall, it's meant to be worn. So I made a series of dresses and Simone Tibbet helped me learn how to screen print and make a schmick little show. Yeah
0: if you have the opportunity, do look up Lauren's website because it's a fantastic new body of work and I hope that you revisit that. I hope that you extend those skills because I think yeah. it's just it's just fantastic that what collaboration and those opportunities to have mentorships, how they evolve an artist's practice. Yeah, cool. um, I think, you know, the thing that I didn't touch on, which is a little bit obvious, is, is that you, you are a jeweller, first and foremost, but of course the studio as it stands at the moment is really more of an installation. So if you could talk a little bit about this, this kind of chandelier like yellow formations that are you know stalactites and stalagmites of yellow um in in this space and how you're kind of considering these installations is almost like you know pieces of jewelry
1: yeah I always I like putting work on the wall thinking of it as jewelry and I think and I have a beautiful collection of jewelry and I don't actually wear much most of it but I do adorn my house with it Um, So, I did want it to be jewellery-like and I wanted foremost for kids to be inspired by process rather than the things that they see. So, everything is crudely made, intentionally, so it would inspire frenetic making. So, um, I made lots and lots of pods that I could attach to the wall in sort of jewellery ways and formations, I suppose threading and garlands and wall brooches. <laughs> I'm not really answering this very well at all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's perfectly fine. You know, I was thinking about the wonderful Timothy Horn, whose work was in the recent biennial, and his large sort of installations, they are like giant brooches. They're sculpture, but they really are giant brooches on the wall, and I love thinking about sculpture as being just oversized jewellery, which I'm is what I see in this
1: space. I know it's a pretty fantastic opportunity for a <coughs> jeweller to get a whole room to kit out. I'm very grateful to the art gallery. It's done wonders for my ego. It's <laughs> so great. But I, I, th- I don't know how craftspeople or artists can stay with one form of making anyway. I mean. There's too many things to be made out there. Yeah. Too many materials, too oh many techniques no. to explore, Services. too many
0: collaborations That's in right. the future.
1: Hello. Yeah. All right. Well,
0: um, I'd like to thank you for coming and speaking and ...taking time out from your many, many different sort of hats that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, yeah, thank you for putting this extraordinary thing together. Ah, And um, I hope that your children and your grandchildren have the opportunity to come in. And and yourselves. And yourselves to create something something (laughs) extraordinary. It's for
1: adults as well. (laughs) Bring your pets. No, no, don't bring (laughs) your pets. (laughs) Um, It's just just one big cat toy, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no
0: cats. Um, And also as a reminder that Lauren's work will be on display upstairs in Gallery 8 from Saturday. All right, we might wrap that up now. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to come up and speak to Lauren or myself. But thank you so much. And I hope you get the opportunity to create um, something in uh, the Sunny Side Up studio. Thank you. Thank you.